Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl. My name is Les. I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. This podcast is all about conversations that help us feel healthy, happy, thriving, things that we are all trying to be. And so far this month, we've had a lot of incredible guests who have taught us a lot about personal growth and embracing our own journeys and navigating our glow ups. But I felt like we were a little overdue for a solo episode. So today it is just me doing a little bit of a life update. And then we're going to go in with some Q&A. I am testing out a new experiment here on the show called Ask Less, where y'all submitted some amazing questions that you wanted my take and my advice on. So I'm really, really excited to dig into that. But first, we are long overdue for a life catch-up. The last time we had a life update was when I brought the show back from the summer hiatus. I was still traveling. I was still a little bit all over the place, but I'm excited to report that we're settling back down and we're easing back into a regular routine. So if you've been following me all year, you may know that I have been traveling for most of the year. I'd been living in LA for the past four years and then last spring, packed up all my stuff. I put it in storage and I've been traveling ever since. And I went to Europe and I went home to Seattle and I did a bunch of mini trips around the US and I spent some time in New York. And I was trying to decide where I wanted to land and where I wanted to be. Going back to LA could have been really easy and really comfortable. And so I thought about going back and just doing that. And then I had been spending some time in New York and really, really liking New York, surprisingly, kind of more than I thought I would, and then felt kind of a pull to stay there. And so for a lot of that time, I was really torn back and forth between, do I go back to LA or do I stay in New York and try out a new city, a new coast, a new everything for a little while? And if you've really been listening to the show this year, then you know, last June, I had my girl Simone Alyssa on the show. And that was right before I was gearing up to travel. And I had told her kind of about my plans for the year, where I was going, everything that I was doing. And she called me out and she said that she thought that I was going to go to New York in the fall and that I was going to love it and that I was going to decide to stay there. And I'm reporting that Simone was right. That Simone was right. I did come to New York. I did really enjoy it. I'm not ready to leave. So I'm going to stay. I ended up getting an apartment in New York and I'm going to be officially moving after the holidays. I'm heading back to the West Coast to spend some time with family and close out things there. And then I'm going to officially move from the West to the East after the holidays in the new year. So if you've been catching up with all of my travels and following me around this nomadic lifestyle I've had over the past six months, thank you. It has been an adventure. We have been in it together because as a routine-oriented gal who has had no routines, it has been really fun to be a little bit more flexible. And I've also missed having a little bit of regularity. And I also realized that I was a little too strict with my routines before and that I like being somewhere in the middle. I like having a solid foundation with some flexibility thrown in. So that's going to be my groove moving forward. So 
extended New York era loading. I feel like that's probably the least surprising news ever because I was getting a lot of DMs, especially messages and comments on TikTok where people are like, girl, you're not going back to LA. And I feel like everybody saw it before I saw it. <laughs> but that's that's the big update. That's what we're doing. So things are going to be a little bit different. I think when I have my own place and a little bit more normalcy in a brand new city. And for those who have been following me from the beginning, like from my still living in Seattle to moving to LA to moving now to New York, then you've just seen me through it all. But I'm actually really excited for this new chapter. I think that it's something that I need. It's definitely pushing me outside of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. Like there's definitely a lot of grit and it's not easy. And I've also experienced things here that aren't easy. But I feel like I'm in a season where that's kind of what I need. And I love ease and I love softness. And I think I will always create a life for myself that does have a certain amount of ease and softness. But I'm also in a season of wanting to kind of get after it. And that's just the energy that's really resonating with me right now. So we'll see how this new season goes. But I think that has been the information or answer that everybody has been waiting for is like, where is Les going to land? Les is going to be landing in New York after the holidays. So very excited for my East Coast girly era loading. Now, the next thing. Also, if you follow me on TikTok, the TikTok family has gotten all of the tea beforehand because I did share that on TikTok beforehand. I also on TikTok have been posting about something called the successful era. And the successful era is me getting back to my wellness routines and getting my shit together in a lot of ways because as much fun as I've had traveling and being all over the place this year, it has absolutely wreaked havoc on my wellness. I recently got some blood work done through the company Joy, which is one of our podcast sponsors. They're an amazing clinic that offers women's wellness through comprehensive lab testing. And then you get personalized wellness plans depending on your results. So I got my blood work done and it was the most humbling experience of my life, especially as a self-proclaimed wellness girly. And it really showed me how much the last six months had caught up to me and how much I really needed to prioritize my wellness again, which is really hard to do when I was taking red-eye flights and I was eating out and I was traveling and I was still pretty active, but not really being intentional about my activity. So a few weeks ago, I decided to embark on what was called the successful era, which is basically me setting a foundation to be as successful as possible. Not only did I get my blood work results back that like weren't the best, and I really want to improve on that, but I also recently have had different opportunities where I was in really cool spaces and really cool rooms and great events. And I wasn't able to fully work it in the way that I would like to work it because my wellness was not up to par. My stamina was not up to par. I was exhausted. I wasn't feeding myself properly. So I couldn't really show up, work my magic, network, and take advantage of those opportunities in the way that I wanted to. And I realized that not taking care of my own wellness was kind of fumbling the bag a bit. So the successful era is basically me seriously recommitting to my wellness habits so that I can really create a foundation of feeling well to be as successful as possible because it's really hard to be successful when you aren't eating, when you aren't sleeping, when you don't have energy, when you aren't taking care of myself. And so that's what I'm really focused on. So some things that I've been doing for the successful era is really focusing on my sleep. Y'all know I'm an aura ring girly. I always have my aura ring on. So I've been paying a lot more attention to the insights what each night of sleep is telling me, paying attention to what I'm doing. How do I sleep when I have my magnesium? How do I sleep when I have tea? How do I sleep when I you know, watch TV versus when I don't? And I've been really aiming to get seven hours of sleep per night. Sometimes I've done it, sometimes not. So I'm still working on that. I've also been really intentional about my exercise. So I love exercise. I love being active, but my activity was kind of all over the place. I would take random classes or I would walk a lot, but I hadn't really been following a program to help me feel as good as I want to feel. So I'm a fan of the Alive app, which is by Whitney Simmons that has a lot of really great strength training programs in it. So I've been doing three strength training workouts from Alive each week. And then I've been doing either yoga or Pilates two days a week. And that has been a really great balance for me. And I've seen really good results from it just physically and energetically from doing those things. And Pilates... <laughs> I know we've all had our Pilates moment after Lori Harvey's comments at the Met Gala last year, but 
it is so humbling and it is so hard and it it's leaving me sore in places that I never would have guessed. So that balance has been really great. I've been recommitting to my reading practices. I have also been focusing on what's called reach outs. So I read this book called Reach Out and I will link it in the show notes so that y'all can check it out. But it's a really great book to help with your networking. And basically the point of a reach out is that every weekday, you reach out to either somebody who you want to be in your network or somebody who already is in your network to maintain that connection. So whether that is reaching out, asking for a coffee chat, asking for a favor, connecting with them, offering a favor, you are just making a concerted effort each workday to connect with a new person. So I've also been doing that and that has been really, really wonderful for helping me expand my network. It's also great for introverts if you're somebody who maybe struggles at networking events or prefers to kind of start things off with digital communication. Just reaching out and emailing or DMing one person a day is very, very doable for the introverted folks. And then another thing that I've been doing for the successful era is really trying to get in my speaking bag. So I have been actively looking for opportunities to book speaking engagements, which has also been going really well. So I'm just treating this time over the next few months as a personal experiment for my successful era. I do plan on going more in depth about the successful era in the new year on the podcast because I want to have a couple months of it under my belt to be able to give y'all the results and to tell you a little bit more about what I learned, what worked, what didn't work and hopefully provide some inspiration in the new year. So I will have a full episode on it. But over the past few weeks, it's been really, really helping me refocus and recenter and get back on track, which has been so helpful because I needed it. To know me is to know how much I love Notion and use it to run my entire life. When I was making a plan to pay off my student loans, I made it in Notion. Organizing my holiday shopping, doing it in Notion. The daily work I do to keep this podcast up and running, we do it all in Notion because it's an amazing, intuitive, all-in-one tool. And just when I thought Notion couldn't get any better, they introduced Notion AI. Notion AI can give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wiki, projects, docs, and meeting notes. So if you need an answer to a question that's found within another doc or that you'd ask someone on your team, you can ask Notion AI and get your answer without leaving the current project or document that you're working in. I use Notion AI to generate podcast episode titles, content ideas, meeting notes, and to communicate with my team. Essentially, Notion AI is a secure way to help you focus on your most efficient work. Try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash balanced. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash balanced, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use your link, you're supporting our show. So it's a win-win. Again, that's notion.com slash balanced. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
the next thing as far as a life update goes. So again, I love TikTok. If you don't follow me on TikTok, please do. I'm at Balance Less. The past maybe month or so that the podcast has been back and now that we have video, I'm hearing so many people be like, Les, I listen to the podcast and I love it and I didn't know what you look like. Friend, if you didn't know what I look like, that's because you aren't following me on Instagram or TikTok and I need, I need us to fix that. So I'm at Balance Less on Instagram and on TikTok. I need y'all to follow me both places because I thought we were friends. I thought that's what friends do. Okay, so if you follow me there, you will, you'll see. You'll see maybe more of me than you want, but I don't know. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. Anyway, I love TikTok. I've been a lot more active over there. And one of the trends on TikTok that I'm really loving is called the weekly report that everybody is posting. And I've been posting them for the past few weeks and it's been really fun. So report as an acronym stands for what we're reading, what we're eating, what we are playing, what we're report recommending obsessed with, no, obsessed with recommending and then treating ourselves too. So that's what report stands for. So I thought it would also be fun to share my most recent report here on the podcast for when I do solo episodes. So the first R is for reading. The book that I am currently reading is called Songs of Ivory, which is by Asha Bromfield. I love Asha. She's been a guest here on the podcast. We talked about her first novel, Hurricane Summer, which emotionally wrecked me. Songs of Ivory, I just started, but it's also already emotionally wrecking me and is so good. And I am learning actually a lot about Jamaican culture. Asha is Jamaican. And so both of her books take place in Jamaica and just share a lot of really interesting insight into Jamaican culture. So I'm actually really loving learning more about that culture. So that's the book that I'm currently reading. The book that I most recently read was called The Neighbor Favor. I have not been able to shut up about The Neighbor Favor because it is the cutest, most sweetest romance novel. If you like romance novels, you have to read The Neighbor Favor. Or if you're just looking for something kind of light, cute, fun, it's such a good read. The characters are so good. You'll start this book and it will just grab you immediately. I read it in about 48 hours because I just was obsessed and couldn't put it down. It's just it's like a good, sweet romance for all the lover girls. So Songs of Irie is what I'm currently reading. The Neighbor Favor is what I finished most recently. For E, eating. I've just been trying to focus on getting as much protein in as possible. Because I'm focusing more on strength training, I really want to have more protein to help me build healthy muscle. Also, when I got my blood work back, my blood sugar wasn't looking super great. And so the dietitian that I worked with recommended that I focus more on protein in my diet. And anytime that I do eat more kind of carb-heavy foods, pairing that with a protein. So I've been really leaning into protein-first meals, eating a lot of things like Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, collagen peptides, putting that in my coffee, rotisserie chicken, been going through like a rotisserie chicken every time I go to the grocery store. So just really focusing more on protein. It's not super exciting, but it has been really helpful for just helping me have more energy and feel more full. As for playing, okay, on TikTok, when I share my weekly reports, I will usually talk about what song I'm obsessed with, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit for the podcast. And I've been playing a lot with my makeup. So something that I've been focusing on a lot in 2023 is improving my makeup skills. And I'm really proud of myself because my makeup application skills have gotten so much better. Part of what has forced me to do that is this podcast and being on camera because I can't be out here looking a mess. And then also just being in studio, the lights are really unforgiving. And if you're not applying your makeup well and kind of heavy handed, it will flush you out and it will just make your face, it'll kind of flush out your features. And so it's forced me <laughs> to have to get better at my makeup application. But I've spent a lot of money at Sephora this year. I may or may not have reached Rouge. Don't know if I'm proud of that, but I've been playing a lot with different makeup techniques, really learning how to get my base down, like foundation and things like that were never something that I really used before 2023. So I've been playing a lot with different foundations as well as eye looks to try and help my features kind of stand out more when I'm on camera. So I still have a ways to go and a lot to learn, but it's been really fun to play in makeup. So for O, obsessed with, I mean, I have definitely been obsessed with getting back to romance novels. I had been reading some personal development books and I still am as part of the successful era. But I just, I forgot how much I love a good 
romance. And I feel like I've just been kind of obsessed with all things romance. I've been very big into romanticizing my life, buying myself flowers. My music tastes lately have been all like slow jams and love songs. And I've just been giddy and simpy and all about love lately. I don't know what I mean something is helping to defrost my ice cold heart. Like, I don't know what the deal is, but I've just been obsessed with like love and the idea of love, which is coming out in all the mushy books that I've been reading and all of my certified lover girl music that I've been listening to. Okay. Now the second R for recommending. I, during the Sephora sale, got the Fenty Beauty whipped body butter. I think it's called the buttercream, but For the holiday season, Fenty Beauty comes out with this cinnamon scent. And when I thought cinnamon scent, I almost thought of like, you know, like the hot tamale candies or like big red, like that nasty kind of plasticky cinnamon. No, this lotion body butter is pure. It's like a sexual cinnamon roll is how you will smell. And it has shimmer in it and it is delectable and it is so beautiful. It is outrageous because it's a little tiny container like this big and it's like $46. So like Rihanna, sis, I love you. You are robbing us and I will happily hand over my money because it smells so good. I need to get a few more before the holiday season ends because I am obsessed with that scent and I cannot recommend that body butter enough. And then for tea, which is what I'm treating myself to is I did just get a New York apartment And so I am currently looking at furniture and decorations and just different ways to make my apartment really cute because I got rid of most of my stuff when I left LA. Now I have a tiny apartment because New York, so I don't need as much furniture as I had when I was in LA, but I've been looking for just higher quality things, really treating myself to nice candles, really nice soaps, especially because I am going to be living in such a small space that I just want it to feel more luxurious. So that is my weekly report. Again, I'll be sharing those during my solo episodes here on the podcast, which I do about once a month or so. But if you want to see week to week, then make sure you're following me on TikTok at Balanceless. And I'll be sharing my weekly report there every week until I either get sick of it or forget. (laughs) So stay tuned. (laughs) Okay. So now for the meat of today's episode, now that we've gotten the life updates out of the way, is the Ask Less Advice column. Now what inspired this is I am just a true eldest daughter through and through. If you are a firstborn daughter, then you just know we are just the advice givers. We are the big sisters of the world. And for a while, I was kind of in my feelings of like, I don't, I'm tired of being a big sister. I want a big sister. I'm tired of everybody coming to me for advice. I want people to go to for advice. But I just had to realize that's just just not the way the world works. (laughs) I was born an eldest daughter. I I am a big sister. It just is what it is. And I realized that I just have an opportunity to be a big sister to so many more of you and that I just need to wear the big sister crown proudly. And I get a lot of people DMing me, asking me for advice about things. And it's really hard to give advice in the DMs because it I can't send you back like a five paragraph essay. And also I just try not to have a ton of conversations in my DMs, just as kind of a personal overwhelm boundary thing. So I thought that bringing those questions to the podcast, where I have a little bit more time to talk through it and to have a little bit more context, could just be a better way to, you know, keep y'all connected here on the podcast. So I got some really great questions for this first batch. I'm going to go through some of those and just give my takes, some of my best advice. And then we also do have a form that we'll leave in the show notes if you want to submit a question and get advice in the future, because we're going to try and make these episodes a regular thing. So let's dive into our Q&A. Okay, this first one, we're coming in hot. We're we're coming in with the juice. I asked y'all to get juicy and y'all delivered. So this first question says... My ex has been on and off with me since we broke up, but this year I was going to make different and we were no contact from January up until August where I broke it to have a closure convo. 
He was blocked on socials, just not phone number. I think he felt like that opened a door, and now I've been sort of moving on with this new guy who is very different than anyone I've ever taken seriously, but makes me feel really good and special and shows good qualities despite his difficult background. I guess my question is, is it worth it to consider my ex again or try a new risky route with the new guy? Okay, I'm going to call this question or this this listener risky route, risky route friend. We got some things to unpack here. First off, closure convos. Don't do it. From my experience, closure convos, the point of a closure convo usually isn't to get closure. It usually is to reopen a door. And in the past, when I have initiated closure convos, it wasn't because I wanted closure. It was because I wanted to establish contact again and open the door. So that is something that we do need to think about when we're having these closure convos is what does closure actually mean? And why do we need to have a conversation with another person to get closure? Now, I don't have the full context of this relationship, so I'm not fully sure why it ended. If it ended mutually, then, you know, that could be one thing. But if it ended with like one person wanting to end things and another one not, and that being kind of difficult and kind of messy, that is where closure conversations get really hard. And I think it's really important for everybody to realize that closure comes from within you. And usually whatever caused the relationship to end in the first place, that is the closure. From my experience, when I was in the business of having closure convos, it was usually because I just wanted an excuse to be in contact with the person. And I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, but it does sound like that's what your ex was hoping for because, as you said, that conversation to him seemed like an open door because that's often what closure conversations tend to lead to. So that's just that's my two cents on closure conversations. I think we often don't need them. And the best closure is like moving forward. It's really hard to have a closure conversation, especially if somebody hurt you or if there's something there. The best closure is moving forward, my opinion. Okay, now we got to talk about this new guy because you said you've, you've moved on with a new guy who's different than anyone you've ever taken seriously, but he makes you feel really good and special and shows good qualities. But then you said, despite his difficult background. So that also piques my interest of, okay, well, what is his difficult background. And a lot of people have difficult backgrounds. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is good to acknowledge, okay, what is that? And is that going to impact how they could show up in the relationship down the road? I'm just curious to know what that difficult background is. I think ultimately what's most important is that you're being treated well and that you are happy. I think that if you had a relationship with your ex that did not work out, I'm pretty, I'm anti-spin the block. I will put it that way. I am pretty anti-spin the block. I am pretty anti-people getting back together with exes most of the time. Now, there's no such thing as absolutes. I think that if there's a scenario where you break up with somebody and it was because of something circumstantial, something situational that happened at a point in time, and then the two of you move forward and that factor is no longer a factor, (laughs) then that's one thing. But if it comes to a matter of like cheating or disrespect, or you're not being treated the way you want, or there's like genuine heartbreak there, or that person is just not able to give you what you need, I think that we do ourselves a disservice by going back to those people because we're basically just saying we're okay going back to what didn't work before. If you weren't getting your needs met before, there's a good likelihood that you're not going to get your needs met now. And it doesn't mean that people can't change, but it's really hard to do different in the same environment. And oftentimes we tend to slip back into those old patterns with old people. And so I think when you allow yourself to explore something new, you have a much better chance of getting your needs met. Maybe it's with this new guy because it sounds like that's going well. And maybe it's with somebody else. But I think for most relationships, chances are it's probably not with your ex. Again, I'm anti-spin the block. Now, the last thing I will say here that I want to unpack is you said a new and risky route with the new guy. Now, I want to know what is the, what is risky about it? Is the risk like opening your heart to someone new? Because that is that is risky, but that could be worth the risk. Or is the risk like you're in danger because you did say something about a difficult background. So I, 
I'm risk averse and I give risk averse advice. (laughs) Not risk averse in terms of like heartbreak or opening your heart to somebody new, I think is a risk that could be worth it. But like, if you're in danger, that's a risk that I maybe wouldn't take. So if it's a risk of opening your heart, I say explore something new because you have a higher likelihood of getting your needs met versus going back to somebody who probably couldn't meet your needs before. There was a lot to unpack there, but that's what I think. I think regardless of whether you get with this new guy or not, spinning the block is probably a no. That's the Cliff Notes version of my answer about that. It's a busy time of year when it's really easy to feel overwhelmed with to-dos and parties and events and big meals. So make sure you take a moment to add some mindfulness into your day. And my favorite way to add mindfulness into my day is to take a meditation or breathwork class on Open. Open is the one thing I do every day to set me up for success. Literally, the first thing I do every morning when I wake up is I hop on Open and I do their meditation of the day. Their daily meditations are usually under 10 minutes. And when I do them, I feel more calm and focused all day long. And on the days when I'm feeling frazzled and need more support, I love taking their breathwork classes as well. Even if I just take a five minute break from my work day to breathe in a class on the open app, it makes such a difference in how I feel. And I also really love staying on top of my home yoga practice with Open's movement classes. They're accessible and inviting. And basically, I'm able to use Open to support my well-being all day long. When I tell you this app will change your life, I mean it. You will never regret starting a mindfulness practice and Open is the perfect place to start. If you want to get on my daily routine, you can get 30 days free of Open by visiting withopen.com slash balanced less. That's with W-I-T-H-O-P-E-N dot com slash balanced less. B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-L-E-S. Again, you can try open for 30 days free by visiting withopen.com slash balanced less. And if you're in LA, make sure you check out their beautiful new studio to practice with open in person. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. So next question, I'm in my early 20s and after graduating from undergrad, I have felt so lost. I'm realizing that some of the career goals I set for myself no longer align and I'm having a hard time figuring out what I actually want to do with my life. It's almost like I'm having an identity crisis. I'm usually pretty positive about things working out, but I'll be 25 next year and I just feel like I need to figure something out to set myself up for a better future. This is such a good question, and I'm going to call you early 20s. Early 20s, you are not alone in this. I think about 98% of people in their 20s feel this way. I was the queen of this feeling when I was in my 20s. And when you're in your 20s, there is often this angst 
where you feel like you are supposed to know things that it's actually not possible for you to have known. I don't think that your 20s are about having the answers and knowing what you want to do with your life. I think that your 20s are about building life skills and trying new things. So if some of your career goals that you set for yourself no longer align, I actually think that that's worth celebrating. If you tried a career path and you experienced it and maybe spent a few years in it or a few years in a job and you know that it's no longer for you, I would celebrate that. Now you are one step closer to figuring out what career does work for you and you know to not go for those types of jobs or those types of roles again. That's actually a really good thing. Now you won't waste your time trying to do similar jobs in the future. But I would take from whatever that career was that you were in, I would take from that what you learned, what your skills were. I would identify, okay, what are some other things that you're interested in? You don't have to have all of the answers or know exactly what you want to do, but what piques your interest? And is there a skills gap between where you're at and what piques your interest? And then I would just look to fill that gap. So what are the skills that you need to be able to get a little bit closer to what intrigues you or what interests you? Also, I think there's a lot of pressure on people in their 20s to figure everything out. And the thing is, you never have anything figured out, not in your 30s, not in your 40s, your 50s. There is not a single human walking this earth who has everything figured out. And the sooner you realize and accept that, the more peace you will feel in your life. As somebody who is in my early 30s, so I've, you know, I've got a decade on you. You'll be 25 next year. I'll be 35 next year. I have learned that adulthood is like whack-a-mole. As soon as you hit one and it's down and you fig- figure one thing out, something else pops up and needs your attention. And it's going to be like that forever. <laughs> And I don't say that to scare you or to freak you out. I say that to give you some relief and to ease some of the pressure of feeling like you need to figure everything out. Because even if you figure out your 25-year-old problems, 30 is going to bring new problems. 35 is going to bring new problems. 40 is going to... Every stage of your life is going to bring new experiences, new things to figure out, and new ways of being. And I think instead of seeing it as, oh my goodness, I have to figure this out... I would see it as more of an opportunity to grow, to figure out what it is that you want to do, to try new things, to discover new things. Also, if you haven't listened to an episode that I did earlier this year, I talked more about my year when I was 24, going on 25, and when I felt this exact same way. I made a list of 25 things that I wanted to do by the time I was 25. I won't rehash the whole episode here because I did a full episode going into a lot of detail about that. But I basically set 25 small goals that I wanted to reach by the time I was 25. I did not reach all 25 of them by any means. I only reached about half of them. But the process of doing that really helped me grow and find so much ease in my 20s because it helped me build a lot more confidence in my ability to move my life in different directions. And Still, at 34, I don't have my life figured out. I don't know exactly what my career is going to look like, but it's it can be okay for right now and it can be okay for those seasons. And when you give yourself space and grace to just continue learning and being a student, it really takes that pressure off. So I encourage you to focus more on building the life skills you want. I think the life skills in your 20s that are super important to build would be social skills. So Focus on building relationships outside of school, outside of work, building your network, connecting with people in different industries who you can learn from. I would really focus on getting your financial and money management skills up because your 20s are such a great time to build those skills when you tend to have less responsibilities and less people relying on you. Really focus on building your financial skills up, your social skills, your relational skills. I would really focus on building those life skills, especially while you're early in your career, you're in a really unique position where any job you have, people are going to want to teach you and it's okay to be a beginner. So I would soak up being a beginner and taking as many learning opportunities as you can. And then with that information, that will help you get a better idea of where you want to go. And that will give you a little bit more direction. But please ease the pressure of feeling like you need to have your life figured out. Even the most put together person you know does not have their life figured out. So take it as a learning, look for more opportunities to continue learning, growing your skills and have fun. Like your 20s should be fun. You have your whole life to work 
and to pay bills and to stress about your career. <laughs> and I'm not saying don't pay attention to your career, do and do good work. But at the end of the day, it is just work. And your life is so much bigger than that. And I spent so much time in my 20s being so concerned about my career that I wasn't concerned enough about having a life. And there was a lot of life that I missed out on. And if there's anything that I could go back and do differently, if I were your age, it would be to focus on building a little bit more robust of a life outside of a career. Because you can always get a new job. You can always go back to school. You can always shift a new career. But how does your life feel? And what are you doing to really build a solid life for yourself? So focus on those life skills, ease the pressure, lean into curiosity, try new things. It is okay if you don't have it all together. Nobody has it all together. Okay, next question. I want to have a healthy group of friends, but it seems like I attract or what flocks to me is damaged, insecure, I'm one call away, but really isn't type of friends. How can I get the healthy group of friends that I desire to have? Okay, I'm gonna call you, I'm gonna call you bestie because it sounds like that's what you're looking. So it sounds like if I'm understanding this question correctly, you have tended to attract maybe unhealthy friendships or friendships that are not really giving you what you need and you desire to have more reciprocal aligned friendships. If I'm understanding the question correctly, that's that's what I'm getting from this. I think that it's important to apply some of those same principles that we think about when it comes to dating also apply to friendships. So there could be a reason that you are attracting people who may not be reliable or who may not be what it is that you want in a friend. And that doesn't mean that you're like doing anything wrong. But I do think that for people who tend to attract those who are maybe a little needy or a little unreliable, it is because we often want to show up and be these superheroes. It's because those friendships often start with maybe you saving the day for somebody and them continuously looking forward to that. And that being the friendship, the foundation that a friendship is built on is if you're noticing that it's a pattern, it's probably because that is what's happening. It's probably because you're building friendships with a foundation of you overextending yourself for people who wouldn't do the same for you. So as you seek out new friendships and new relationships, I would really look at some of those red flags and some of those green flags. So when you say that you continuously attracted um, people who are maybe insecure friends or who are really flaky or who are really needy, reflect on some of those kind of initial indications that they were going to behave that way early in the friendship. Were they flaky early on? Were they hard to make plans with? Were they catty because you mentioned insecure or, you know, making little digs or comments to compare themselves? Those are often signs that indicate the type of person that you're describing. And I would look for that behavior as a red flag. So if you start noticing that behavior in new people that you meet, it's probably not going to be a friendship that is aligned with you. And then start identifying what are some of the green flags that you want to look for in a friend. So do you want friends who also initiate plans with you? Do you want friends who also, you know, show up for you? Do you want friends who are secure and who hype you up? Then I would look for people who have those qualities. And I would start the friendship with a foundation of doing just that. So seeking out those people who are reliable, who are open to friendship, who are cheering you on is going to be what's really helpful. And I would also say, you know, I wouldn't throw your current friends out. It could be helpful just to have a conversation with some of these friends if there is a friendship there that you want to salvage and just say, hey, when you didn't show up for me at this time, this is how it made me feel. And I would really appreciate as a friend if I knew that you were there for me and here's how I would feel supported by you. Or, hey, when you made this comment, you know, comparing yourself to me, it made me feel really bad. And I you know, would really love to talk about that and give them an opportunity to be the types of friend that you want to have and let them know how you feel. Because also sometimes people are doing this stuff and they have no idea how it makes other people feel. So I wouldn't necessarily throw out your friends if there hasn't been like maybe some sort of major boundary cross or betrayal. I would also communicate your needs to them and give them an opportunity to meet them. So to kind of sum that up, 
I would look for those friendship red flags and green flags in how you're identifying new friends. And then I would also have open conversations with those friends that you currently have and give them an opportunity to show up for you and to meet your needs. But it it can be hard sometimes to have friendships that are misaligned. And it is also natural to have friendships that do kind of fade away as you move through different courses of your life and to have friendships that are maybe more prioritized during certain seasons. I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing. I also think that it can be helpful to have different friends for different things. You know, we, I think, grew up on a lot of TV where these characters are just best friends who all do everything together. And if you have a friendship like that with somebody, it's great. But there are also some friends who are like good workout buddies, but who maybe you wouldn't tell your business to. Or there are those friends who you can call at 3 a.m., with something, but maybe they're not the best person to travel with. Or maybe you do have your work friends who are great to go out with, but who you wouldn't take a trip with. So it's also okay to have different friends who do different things because not every person in your life is going to be able to meet all those needs. And so having that discernment of what friends are good for what, if you got some kick it turn up friends and that's what they're good for, then maybe that's not who you should be trying to build a deep emotional bond with. Maybe that's who you hang out with when it's time to kick it and turn up. And it doesn't mean that they're bad or there's anything wrong with that, but it just means that you have that discernment to know how people are best showing up in your life and also not overextending yourself for people who wouldn't overextend themselves for you. And that's a hard lesson, but is something that I think can be really, really helpful in having equally yoked friendships. Like keep the same energy, match that energy. Don't overextend yourself for somebody who wouldn't do the same for you. And that goes for any kind of relationship or friendship because it should be communal or should have some pretty equal give and take, not transactional, but like it should be kind of reliable across the board. And so if people are unreliable for certain areas, then that's now information that you can move forward and make different decisions with. But I think that aligned friendships can absolutely be yours. If you get crystal clear on what it is you want in a friend and you position yourself to meet those people, think about your ideal friend. Where would that person be? What would they be doing? And you go to those places and you do those activities and you show up, eyes up, phone down, connecting, smiling, eye contact, introduce yourself to people, follow up, make a plan, then I think that you will be able to find the aligned friendships that you desire. Okay? Bestie, I know it's hard, especially, I don't know how old you are, but I know especially when you're younger, that can be really tricky. But I think I think you can find the right friends. And I think that you probably do still have some friends that you can maintain friendships with as long as you have an open, honest conversation. So we have another friendship question. This person says, How to make friends as an introverted adult. It seems like everyone in my age group has children, not saying there's anything against moms, but I feel like my interests are different than theirs at this point in life. Any pointers? Absolutely. I mean, this is my specialty. Also, as somebody in my 30s who does not have children, and I have a mix of friends who have kids and friends who don't. And kind of to my last point with my last answer, It is about kind of knowing who to connect with for what. But yeah, I absolutely think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to seek out friendships with people who are in a similar place that you are in in life because I think that that is how we build better bonds. And so something that has helped me make friends as an introverted adult is events. Events, events, events is where I make new friends, especially now being in a new city. It has been really, really helpful for me to go to events, to go to workout classes, to find any excuse to leave the house. I'm also an introvert, so I'm not somebody who's going to go work a room and talk to everybody there. But usually when I go to an event, I make it the goal to connect with one new person. So I want to have a great conversation with just one person. I want to exchange contact information with them. And then I want to follow up with them, you know, maybe within a week or so just to keep in touch and maybe set up like a friend date and grab coffee or go for a walk or something to see if, you know, we vibe, if there's a a chance to continue a friendship. It is so similar to dating, (laughs) y'all. I feel like what I'm describing is like dating because it is super, 
super similar. And as introverted people, I think sometimes we get really caught up on expecting everybody to come to us. But if friendship is what you truly desire, sometimes that means that you are going to need to be the initiator. And I know that it can be scary. And that's why I say just have a conversation with one person. You don't need to go to some huge event and work a room. Just chat with one person. Over the weekend, I went to this Pilates class pop-up, which was actually really fun. It was like a pop-up Pilates class. And I ended up meeting this other woman. We were both kind of walking into the building at the same time. We didn't fully know where we were going. And so we kind of walked in together and we were wearing workout clothes. We're like, oh, it looks like we're going to the same place. And then I asked her her name. And then we set up our mats next to each other. And during the class, we were both struggling together and laughing. And then by the end, we, you know, exchanged Instagrams and have DM'd and, you know, are hoping to get coffee soon. And it can be something as simple as that. Like you go somewhere where there's aligned people, you literally just smile, say hello, ask someone for their name and how their day is going. If the conversation flows, it does. And if it doesn't, then you were just literally being friendly. But smile at people, introduce yourself to people, ask people how their day is going and see what they have to say. Be genuinely interested and answer. Slide into DMs, follow up with people. I do it all the time. That was how I made friends in LA. I I assembled a friend group in LA because I had individual friends who I had met those ways, usually either through events or people who I'd connected with online who I was like, let's get dinner or let's get coffee or let's do this. And then I assembled a group of Avengers to be my friend group when I lived in LA. And I will absolutely do the same thing here in New York. Just one one friendship at a time, one conversation at a time. As introverts, I think that that's totally doable. I also think it's a good exercise to help us step outside of our comfort zone and understand that if you seek friendship, sometimes you're going to have to go out and get it. And if you don't vibe with people or if nothing comes from it, that's okay too. It's often just practice. Those social interactions are just practice. And if nothing comes from it, that's okay too. But maybe you had a great conversation. Maybe you met a friendly face and it's okay to not put so much weight on it. But yeah, I say treat friendship like dating. (laughs) Introduce yourself to people at events where you know like-minded people are going to be there. Stay in touch with them, follow up, offer to grab coffee or go to happy hour or meet up for a walk and see if a friendship flows from there. But don't be afraid to initiate. And especially as someone who is introverted and who previously had a lot of social anxiety that I think I've really worked through in a lot of ways through these exercises, it can be really empowering to initiate conversation with people because that helps you create a new story about yourself of, hey, I am social. People do like me. I can initiate conversation. And also think about all the reasons why you're cool. Like bring your bring your journal out and write down all the reasons why someone would want to be friends with you. Like you're smart, you're kind, you're funny, you're supportive. You bring good snacks to girls night. You're a great travel buddy, whatever those qualities are. Like assume that people like you, assume that people want to be friends with you and lead with that because that's going to be the energy that's going to attract really great friendships. We also did an episode all about attracting friendships earlier this year with Dr. Marissa Franco, who is a really, really great researcher in the area of platonic love and friendship. And so we will link her book as well as that episode in the show notes to talk more about connection and friendship. But yeah, don't be afraid to introduce yourself with people and understand that like you're cool. You would be a good friend. People would be lucky to be your friend and lead with that energy and people will want to be your friend. Okay, so we have time for one more question. This last question says, Hi, I'm a PhD student trying to balance life, work, and some chronic health issues. And I still feel a lot of guilt focusing on my school and not being able to help my family financially. I constantly go back and forth about starting a side hustle or working another job, but this usually distracts me from my studies and then I feel stuck all over again. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. So, okay, you're a PhD student. I'm going to call you Doc because you're a soon-to-be doctor in, in your field of study. One, I just wish that I could give you a hug because that is a lot to carry. I can understand this. I can understand this a lot. When I was in college, my family had a lot of financial issues and there is this sense of 
almost survivor's guilt when you know that your family is having a hard time and you are pursuing your education, which is for the greater good, but feeling like you need to be doing more. But what stuck out to me the most is how much you have on your plate. You're a PhD student, which is a lot. It sounds like you already work. You also have chronic health issues and you're trying to also just have a life and take care of yourself. And so with all of that, friend, I don't think that you have any space to even think about taking on another job or a side hustle at this point. And I think that that should just be off the table for you because the last thing we would want, especially because you do have chronic health issues, is to have some sort of flare up or to do some really serious damage to your health because without your health, you can't do any of this. There is nothing There is nothing else. And I don't know about the dynamics of your family, but if if there's no you, then you really can't help. And so if you know, getting another job would be the only way that you could help your family financially. Are there other ways that you can support your family that are not financial? Are there other things that you can do to support the people that you love or to be there for the people you love that would not wreck you? I'm genuinely concerned about your health. And I think that your health has to be the priority here because without your health, what else can you do? If you work yourself to a point of getting super sick, that's probably going to make matters for your family even worse, right? Like ultimately what is best for your family is you being well. So I would look at, okay, are there other ways that you can support your family emotionally or maybe with time or quality time or support in other ways that do not require you having to break yourself to get another job on top of everything that you are doing. Again, I don't know the full context of your family dynamics or of what the financial situation there is or if there are other people who can help or who can support. I don't really feel comfortable speaking on that, on the financial elements, but I would look at what are other ways that you can show love and support to your family that do not require you wrecking yourself? Because it sounds like if you were to take on another job, and I'm especially concerned about those chronic health issues, that that is what would happen. And that would not help your family either. It would probably be pretty devastating to your family and make whatever it is that they're dealing with even harder. So I would really focus on your health and finding other ways to be present for your family that do not involve you having to take on another job on top of everything that you're doing because PhD is stressful. Just existing as a human is stressful. So I think it's not your responsibility to necessarily carry the weight of the world. You're a human being. You are one person. You can only do so much. And maybe there are other ways that your family can be helped or supported but I think that that's just a lot for one person to carry. And so I would really recommend you not focus on additional jobs or side hustles because it just sounds like there's not room on your plate for that. And I would look at, at other ways that you can be present and supportive of your family while still doing the best you can to take care of your health. And I know that that is easier said than done because it's real out here in this economy. It is really, really hard and I hear you. But again, if you don't have your health, you have absolutely nothing else. And so I would protect that by any means necessary. And also with our health, I mean, if you're in the US, healthcare in this country, being sick is one of the most expensive things that you can do. So I would really, really, really avoid adding another thing to your plate by any means necessary, however you can. Sending you the biggest hug, Doc. Miracles happen, things happen. Where there is a will, there is a way. And I'm hoping that, that something else is able to work out there without you having to take on even more because you have a pretty heavy load and it sounds like you're carrying a lot. So I would focus on things to take off of your plate before adding anything else on. Well, friends, that was our first Ask Less column. We had a good mix of questions there. We got, we got juicy. We got serious. We talked a lot about friendships. We talked about everybody in their 20s chilling the F out. <laughs> that's what I would tell my 20-something-year-old self. And anytime I get a question from someone in their 20s that's along those lines, I'm always just like, chill. It's okay live. But I really appreciate you submitting your questions. If you'll 
if you all like this episode, we can keep this going. I'm thinking about maybe adding this to the mix about once a month. We will leave the Google form in the show notes so that you can submit your question. If you have one that you would like some advice on, that you want to hear my take on, or that you would like me to answer, I actually really love getting to hear from you all and hearing what's in your world and trying to help any way that I can. If you like this episode, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Balanced Black Girl, we're really in our growth era. We're in our glow up era and your ratings and your reviews, particularly five stars, thank you, are very, very helpful. So if you have not left us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do so. It takes just a second and it is so, so helpful to our show. It helps new listeners find us. It helps us book incredible guests for the times where it's not just me. And also make sure that you are following along. So again, I am at Balance Less on Instagram and TikTok, at Balance Black Girl Podcast on Instagram. And if you're into video, if you would rather watch the show than listen, you can also find us on YouTube. We have now video episodes, full length video episodes coming out every week of the show. So if you are visual, you want to tune in, then you can catch us on YouTube under the Balanced Black Girl channel. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.